Good morning, church. First, just a word of gratitude from my heart uh, to you uh, for uh, your prayers, uh, for uh, reaching out to us uh, and uh, and asking how we're doing, checking in with us over this past week. I am pleased to report to you uh, that uh, we are on the mend. Uh, while not feeling 100% yet, uh, we are uh, we're doing much better, and um, I fully anticipate that I will be able to join you in person uh, next Sunday after my isolation uh, ends this week. So uh, it is uh, it is uh, with a joyful heart then uh, that I come to you uh, now virtually with the hope that uh, we'll be able to be together again soon. And now grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to think about a time when you have experienced uh, community, a community uh, of uh, closeness with friends or with uh, uh, people that you were gathered together with, and uh, and you thought, mm, this is uh, this is what I've been longing for. You know, those those kind of communities don't happen very often, or that's at least not been my experience. Uh, you know, places where uh, not only are you having a good time, uh, but you can be yourself, where you can uh, actually. Uh, maybe not have a great time. Uh, if you're not feeling great, you can be honest about it uh, and know that that's okay uh, for those that are there with you and that they'll be there to support you. Uh, a community where you know you can voice your opinion, uh, voice what is on your heart, and people will listen to you. They may not always agree with you, uh, in fact, you don't expect that they're going to always agree with you, uh, but that you know that you will be heard uh, and you might be challenged uh, or you might uh, come to a place where you just agree to disagree, uh, but still carry on in good Christian fellowship with each other. Again, I, these moments uh, are rare uh, in my experience. I've had little experiences with these. Uh, church camp is certainly one of those places where we've been able to enter into deep conversations with uh, with friends of ours as we've gone to family camp together or back when I was on staff. Uh, there have been moments where we were able to experience uh, that kind of close Christian community Maybe for you, it has been in a family situation where you've been able to really be real with each other and you can relax, let your guard down and uh, know that, uh, that the people who there love you and care for you. That's not the case for everybody, of course. Uh, family sometimes is a place where we have to put our guard up, uh, unfortunately. You know, I would love to say that my experience has been that uh, the church is that way, but not always, right? Uh, so often in the church, we are not experiencing that time of Christian community, that closeness that we long for. Uh, 
I think in popular culture, uh, this was voiced in the old TV show Cheers, uh, where uh, a bar was the place where people gathered together and they knew each other's names, right? Uh, And uh, they were always glad you came. Well, you know, sometimes we don't always feel that when we come to church. Uh, We, maybe you do, but maybe your neighbor doesn't. Uh, and what kind of a community is that then? You know, I, I think about uh, this desire of ours to be in community. I think it's built into us. God said uh, to said of the man uh, in the garden, good that man has created us to be in community with one another. And I think that we are experiencing a crisis in community in our nation now, uh, and in our own, uh, our own part of this nation, our own communities. A crisis in community that is uh, much deeper than a pandemic or, uh, or the political strife that we're going through. Those certainly, I think for me, those were two points in this experience of the past few years uh, that has opened my eyes to our crisis that we have in community. I think that crisis really boils down to this, a lack of trust. We don't trust each other. Uh, That is uh, a fundamental barrier to closeness in community. And when I think about that, I think the other piece to it is that we also don't even really know each other. And that, too, can be a barrier to Christian community, uh, to closeness in community. Uh, We, how often in our conversations, uh, steer uh, far wide from the uh, inner thoughts, the, the emotions, the questions that we have in life, and stay on the, the surface level. We talk about the weather, we talk about uh, sports teams, what movies we've watched, books we've read. Uh, we talk about, uh, you know, maybe our health if, uh, if somebody asks. But to dig deeper into our hopes, our dreams, our fears, uh, our, our thoughts uh, on different things, our spiritual questions, for some reason, these things. Uh, are are areas where even, even, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, among neighbors or, or at your place of work, as you're walking down the hallway, that you stay on these kind of surface level conversations, but, you know, you'd think the church might be different. It's not so different. You know, if you pause and listen to conversations uh, on a Sunday morning uh, or in the narthex, uh, sounds very similar to those conversations you might hear just about anywhere else. Where are we having those deeper conversations where we really get to know each other, to know the struggles that we're going through, to know those hopes, uh, and uh, to be present, truly present for one another? We long for closeness in community, and yet uh, it eludes us. 
As one uh, member of our church council said at a meeting this past week, uh, not regarding this, but about something uh, a little different, uh, said, uh, how can we expect things to change if we don't change the way we're doing things? That's not exactly the way he said it. It was something along those lines, though, of, you know, you know, if we keep doing what we've done, how can we expect things to change? I think that if we continue to approach Christian community in the same way that we have, uh, keeping at a surface level, uh, not really getting to know our neighbors, uh, our physical next door neighbors or our neighbors uh, wherever we meet them in our community, if we just keep things at a distance, we will not experience that kind of community for which we're built, the, for which we long. And indeed, if we keep doing the same things we've been doing, how can we expect things to change? It was with a hope for change that the crowds came to the river to be baptized by John. They were also experiencing a crisis in community. They were fractured uh, by political strife, uh, many different approaches to how to deal with Roman occupation of their country, the spiritual uh, malaise that had settled in upon so many. And then they heard the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And they saw an opportunity for change. They went to the river to be baptized, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of their sins. And repentance means change, to change direction, to change one's way of thinking, to change one's life. And that is why they came. Now, when they came, John made clear that this was no theoretical change. This wasn't just something to think about, but something to put into action. And he got rather specific. Uh, in Luke's gospel, we actually hear, uh, as you've heard this morning already, uh, this message uh, that got really specific to people. There was the general statement to the crowds that if you have uh, two cloaks, share one with one who has none. Uh, this statement was one that applied to everybody to be generous. The kingdom of God, which John was proclaiming, the nearness of in Christ who was to come, this kingdom of God would be marked by generosity. And the people could prepare for it by practicing generosity right then and there, sharing their clothing, sharing food with those who did not have it. Now, he got even more specific, though, when the tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? He said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Now, this is where things get rather interesting, because if the tax collectors actually put into practice what John the Baptist told them to do, they would be in a desperate situation. See, Rome did not pay tax collectors in any kind of income. Uh, in fact, in some parts of the empire uh, at different times, 
uh, the position of tax collector was given to the highest bidder. That is the one who uh, said, I will collect X number uh, of uh, X amount of money for you, Rome. Uh, and whoever came on the, at the top of that, uh, well, that person got the job. But Rome didn't pay them anything. Uh, they were expected to simply take a little extra on top. Uh, and that would be their income. And uh, so for John the Baptist then uh, to say, don't take any more uh, than is prescribed for you. Well, there wasn't anything prescribed for the tax collector. It was all prescribed for Rome. So to put that kind of action uh, into their day-to-day -day practice, the tax collector wouldn't have anything. They would be penniless, completely dependent upon their neighbors for help. They would be the ones without a cloak and without food and in need of their neighbors to take care of them. The kind of action that John invites the tax collectors to live into really depends upon there being a community that practices generosity in the first place. Similarly, with the soldiers, when they came and asked him, what, are we sh what should we do? He said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation and be satisfied with your wages. John envisions a community that is free of violence and corruption from those who wield power. Uh, and indeed, those uh, who are in positions of authority are to use that authority, that position, to serve, uh, to protect uh, those who are in vulnerable positions, and not to exploit them and take advantage of them. This is uh, uh, antithetical to a world uh, that really thrives uh, on the idea of pursuit of power. If you listen to the conversations that are happening in our nation today, so much of it uh, can be boiled down to a pursuit of power. And John the Baptist says, not so with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is marked by generosity to those in need, by mercy and compassion to those who are vulnerable, honesty in dealings with one another, using one's position in life to serve uh, rather than to acquire wealth or power uh, or to prove oneself right. How would our communities be changed if they were so marked? Well, as Luke makes clear, it was with such exhortations that John the Baptist was proclaiming the good news. That good news was that Christ was coming. The long-awaited Messiah was coming. That he was going to embody this kingdom of God, this heavenly community here on earth. And that is exactly what we see in Christ. Jesus came and he had table fellowship 
with tax collectors. He even called one to be a close follower of his, a disciple and an apostle, an ambassador for this kingdom of God community. Jesus reached out and proclaimed good news to those who were poor. He gave of himself. Uh, and though he was in a position that certainly demands all of our honor and respect and all glory and praise, he did not ask for it. In fact, he came not to be served, but to said, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the kingdom of God, community, Christian community put into action, embodied in the life of Jesus. He gave his life a ransom for many. You know, that is that wrath that is to come uh, that John the Baptist spoke of. Well, that wrath fell all on Jesus. He took it upon himself to give to us the forgiveness of our sins. That is his baptism, a baptism of fire, the baptism of his death on the cross, a baptism which we share by his grace, poured out upon us, he has joined us to his own death and resurrection and there has given to us the forgiveness of our sins. And when he has done this, he has placed us into a community, a community that is his very own body, the body of Christ, the church. And this perfect Christian community, uh, his body, is not something for which we need to aim or strive or work for. It is a gift that is given to us at the moment of our baptism. It is nothing less than communion with God the Father, with Jesus Christ, our brother, and with the Holy Spirit. It is a community that is given to us uh, and experienced in word that is fed in through our ears, uh, word that is fed to us by his very own body and blood onto our tongues, by which he gives us strength to live in this community. Now, of course, uh, that perfect community uh, is something that we experience imperfectly yet here on earth. That is in our dealings with one another there are still barriers, there is still sin, and there is still a need for repentance, a need for change on our hearts and on our part. You know, we need to, as did those crowds, uh, come uh, to our baptism. For us, it's simply a return, a remembering uh, of who we are, of whose we are, uh, that we are children of God, that we are sinners saved by God's grace, uh, and to, in that humility, approach one another and to see one another in that same light, sinners saved by grace. And in that way, approach one another with grace and mercy, to be generous with the things that have been given to us. Generosity, 
mercy, honesty, service. These things mark a Christian community. And all of those things, well, they build trust. The thing that I think is lacking so much in our relationships right now, even with our close friends. How many of us have lost even close friends in these past years, these past months? Uh, People that have cut themselves off from us because of a misunderstanding or maybe uh, a, uh, an unwillingness to even understand. And yet, yet if we can practice these things as a church, generosity, mercy, honesty, service in Christ's name, I think we have a chance of building trust with one another, of experiencing uh, some of that closeness and community for which we long. Here at St. John's, we believe uh, that God is leading us to be a church of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, dedicated to spiritual growth for the sake of the world. That is our vision statement. It's not as familiar uh, to us uh, as the the much shorter mission statement uh, that we speak each week uh, or hear in some capacity, Uh, but uh, that is God's uh, vision for us, we believe. I'll say it again. We are a, to be a church of fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ dedicated spiritual growth for the sake of the world. To be a church, a community of people who are committed to one another, to walking with one another in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Following him and being willing to dig deeper in our relations, to listen, really listen. I wonder what that will look like for us this week. I wonder how you might participate in Christian community this week. Maybe it will look like uh, pausing in the midst of a conversation to really listen to what the other person is saying. Maybe taking that conversation to a deeper level and asking, really, no, how are you? How are you doing in your walk with Jesus? That's maybe a question we're kind of uncomfortable with as Lutherans, uh, but it need not be so. That is what a Christian community is all about, encouraging one another in our walk in Christ. It's not that those other things can't be part of our conversations too, those lighter things, but may our conversations be marked by something deeper, more uh, Uh, more important even, ashamed at all of, uh, of taking those conversations in that direction. Maybe this week, your uh, participation in Christian community will look like participating in an act of generosity to those who are in need. Maybe that will happen through the week as you help to stock and to sort out food, uh, or maybe it will happen next Saturday uh, in the distribution of, uh, of our Christmas uh, meals uh, to those uh, that come to be 
beneficiaries of our food pantry. Uh, maybe it will look like reaching out to your next door neighbor or to your coworker in the cubicle uh, just down the row from you and introducing yourself if you don't know them uh, and getting to know them a little better and asking how they're doing. Learn about them and start to build a relationship with them so that you may share with them your life and find ways of serving them in Christ's name. Well, whatever it looks like, uh, know this, that it is Christ who is doing the work of building that community. It doesn't depend upon you. All you need to do is to take that step of humbly remembering that Jesus has called you uh, through your baptism to be God's child and to be his disciple. And knowing that, that he is with you, uh, his Holy Spirit will work through you, and all you need to do is follow as he leads. He is there, and he will lead us to that community for which we long. We won't experience it perfectly here, but we know that even as he came, still he is coming again. For he has conquered the grave. He is alive, and he will come again to gather us to be in that perfect community, that communion of saints in heaven with him. Until that day comes, may we live as he is leading us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen.